Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fixie Stevens. I believe it was the musical poet and lyrical genius David Byrne who in the Talking Heads song, Once in a Lifetime, told us that it was same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yes, the Boston Red Sox find a way to not trip over their own feet, having lost two of three the previous week to the Washington Nationals. They make their way to the Bronx, the dirty Bronx, where they find the lifeless corpse of the New York Yankees 2003 edition and sweep them out from underneath the mausoleum that is Yankee Stadium 2.0. Red Sox sweep the Yankees. Final score in Game 3 on Sunday. Red Sox 6, Yankees 5. After an 8-1 Saturday victory and an 8-3 Friday night victory, the Yankees are done. The Yankees are done! Seriously, they're terrible. And the Red Sox are a little bit better. Yet still, they can't find a way to gain the ground necessary to get a foothold in this wild card race. And that's where we pick things up this morning on Breaking Boston. It is Monday, August 21st, 2023. Good morning. How are you? It's Fitzy. It's Hart. It's you and us talking Red Sox. Sure, we could talk Patriots if you wanted to go over Saturday night's uh, halted game after the Isaiah Bolden injury. But we've covered that abundantly on Six Rings and Football Things. Don't miss our first Patriots Monday coverage, of course, on WEEI today, as our shows will be live from Gillette talking to Patriots players. And, of course, the Bill Belichick interview. Everyone is going to want to get their ears wrapped around. Nope, here we are today talking socks. Andy, I feel like as we do this, like this exercise once a week or once every couple of days on Breaking Boston, we check in on the Red Sox. We talk about a pivotal series they have coming up. We see the opportunity for them as they sit now three games back of the wild card. Uh, your wild card leaders now, Tampa Bay, firmly entrenched at 75 and 51. Houston's Astros, 70 and 55, which is what makes this such a pivotal series coming up that we'll get to. And now the Seattle Mariners, a half game better than Toronto. And of course, the Red Sox now at 66 and 58, seven and three in their last 10, looking up at the wild card standings once again. It looks like they're playing better baseball to me. Hey, but look, if you want to get to the playoffs, if you want to play meaningful baseball in October, then this is the week where you have to go down to Houston, be the Red Sox that have often been better, Andy, than the team than uh, teams with winning records, as opposed to the way the Red Sox find head-scratching ways, like with the Nationals last week, the A's a couple weeks ago, the Cubs, to lose series against teams that they have better records and more talent than. Best thing I can say about the Red Sox is they're not the Yankees. There were some that wondered if the Red Sox would turn into a stone and fall out of it in post-trade deadline reaction. Nope, that's the New York Yankees. But other than that, um, I agree with boss man or former boss man um, at WEEI.com, Rob Bradford. His column this morning says, surprise, surprise, the Red Sox are still in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I kind of agree with that. Like, they're still in the conversation. I'm mildly surprised they're still in the conversation because I thought there could be a negative post-trade deadline spin. The problem is you haven't really advanced the conversation. You're still three games out. You still 
for whatever it's worth, and people know I crap all over the numbers and analytics, ESPN gives them like a 16% chance to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The teams ahead of them, like the Blue Jays, the Mariners, I believe, are in the 60s in terms of percentages to make the playoffs. So a significant difference. They're in the conversation. Brad show is right. Baseball isn't boring. I don't know if you can get over that hump. It feels great that you're beating up on the Yankees and they have their worst losing streak in 28 years and they're going to have a losing season and and all these things. But the reality is the Red Sox are still kind of what we've been talking about all year, up and down and in the conversation, not out of it. Like the whole thing, maybe there's a a run here coming, Uh, you know, I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe until I actually witness some of this transpiring before our eyes. Um, they have an opportunity. That's the one thing is like they put themselves in position. Like Tom Brady used to always say this, like, oh, we've given ourselves a chance. Mm-hmm. I guess they've still given themselves a chance. But at some point they need to scratch off the winning ticket with that chance. And they that's the hump they haven't been able to get over this season. I'm not sure they will. But, hey, they're in the conversation. We're knocking on the door of September, I guess. That's a good thing, kind of. As Brad Foe would often say and continues to whenever he's on our airwaves on uh, the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast and beyond. Yay, baseball. I look, I, <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah, that's, and it, it has to be delivered with that amount of, you know, muted, almost sarcastic enthusiasm. It's great yep. to always have it around. And yes, I, for one, am glad to have the Red Sox in the conversation because it means whenever I listen to Castigs or Fleming or Lou or Brad Foe or, geez, even Rich Keefe, whoever happens to be on the broadcast, I'm not listening to something that is just pure fodder or white noise. At least it actually does still mean something. The The story of the 2023 Red Sox will likely be that they, I think Ken was saying this with Bradfoe Saturday morning on our airwaves, that they didn't pay for enough consistency where it matters. Where did they pay for consistency and professionalism this year? In the bullpen. And who's been great? Chris Martin and Kenley Jansen. Otherwise, you have inconsistency across the the entire roster, the outfield, the infield, the catcher position, the bench, the starting rotation, which has just been a, an absolute uh, you know, bingo board all season long. It looks like it's rounding into shape now. Uh, granted, you can't judge exactly who your starters are going to be or what things are going to look like uh, off a three-game series against the Yankees because, like we said before, they are just a lifeless husk of their former selves. And I don't even take the same kind of joy that I would think I, I would have or that I used to probably take watching the Yankees just falter and fall on their own face and just be virtually eliminated before it even turns September 1st or Labor Day. Like, that doesn't bring me joy. What brings me joy is when the Red Sox play good baseball, win games, and are nipping at the heels of the wild card. And maybe if they're able to go as they go up and down and they're inconsistent, so consistent, let's hope that maybe now they can have, if they're going to have a streak the rest of the way, sitting at 66 and 58, That leaves them with, I'll do the math, I think that leaves them with approximately 38 games left, Andy. We're going to know if those 38 games down the stretch are going to mean something or if they won't. After this pivotal 10-game stretch, let me hit you with it. All right, tonight. Wait, how many pivotal stretches have they had this year? Like, uh, I I feel like this is the 10th pivotal stretch. Oh, no, this is at least the 15th pivotal stretch of the season. Every stretch of the season, by the way, pure facts considered a pivotal season it considered a pivotal stretch i don't know if like fan graphs or mlb.com has a stat for pivotal stretches but i think the red sox actually lead baseball in pivotal stretches this could be the most pivotalist if you will the the apex of pivotal uh here here you go so they begin tonight 8 10 
uh, broadcast game on WEI as always. Tonight, they're in Houston for a one, two, three, four game stretch. So three straight 810 starts. And then Thursday, a two tenner. Friday, they return home to <clears throat> friendly Fenway. And here, you ready for the, Listen to the stretch. Four with the Astros in Houston. Then home for three against Mookie and the Dodgers, an emotional homecoming and reunion that will be. And then three more at home against the Astros, two 710s, and then a 410 p.m. Honest to goodness, uh, this is it. Like, you're taking on a playoff team from the National League who you'll have your Kike, you'll have your Mookie, the Dodgers, hottest team in baseball right now, definite World Series contender. And the Astros are kind of a World Series contender as well. They're sitting directly above you in the wild card standings. You could either knock them back or at least set yourself up for a more pivotal stretch run if you win. Let's say they can go their seven and three in their last 10. Can they go seven and three over these 10 to put themselves up for a September to possibly remember? Can they? Sure. Will they? Probably Tune not. Tune in to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that we always talk about isn't just like, it's great that you have the Astros, and it would be ideal if you were the first team outside of the wild card right now and just right. all I have to do is beat the Astros and then I'm in. Well, that's not the way it works because you still have the Blue Jays, you still have the Manor, like there's this whole, that's that's the problem. And we I, I know we spent a lot of time about it last year when they were in the conversation in late August and it was like, yeah, but there's so many teams that mm -hmm. they're trying to get ahead. And so even if you handle your business, it doesn't always matter. Like handling your business against the Yankees, like going seven and three in your last 10. You should be picking up all this ground. Well, you're not really picking up ground. The one thing you're doing is looking down on the Yankees. And as you said, it's not really as fun to beat up on the Yankees when it's nope. to stay out of last place and to stay relevant in the conversation. Like, in the old days, it was for World Series trips. It was for first place in the ALE. So mm -hmm. even that is a little bit uh, less charming than it once was. So you really just have to fixate on, wow, the Yankees suck more than us. Oh, great. Let's print the T-shirts. The Yankees suck more than us. It's you'll have a beer made. Good Lord. <laughs> hey, listen, but they took it up from, uh, as we see right here at Smitty on MLB, a sweep of the Yankees raised their playoff odds from 9.8 to 15.8 per fan graphs. Uh, I guess fan graphs is the new 538 for baseball. Um, the Yankees are now down to 0.5%. So you're telling me there's a chance. No, I'm, I'm not. not. They are Dunzo. Old yeller time for Benito. the Yankees. Go out yeah. behind the stadium. Absolutely. Aaron Judge probably has to be thinking like, why Why didn't I sign? Like I could have gone, to, gone home to San Francisco and been happy. And that team's chasing the playoffs. And this Yankees team is virtually identity free now at this point. Although his injury... This season, certainly a large part of what derailed the Yankee season. But that's neither here nor there. Sounds like a their problem, not an our problem. Can the likes of Justin Turner, who is just continuing to have a spectacular, what a surprise awesome. season. Batting 290, 20 dingers, 79 ribeyes, 125 hits. He has been absolutely awesome. But I'll tell you, you know who they really need to stay hot right now is Devers. Uh, Rafi Devers. He went long again yesterday. He had three runs scored. Rafi Devers is in. He's You know what he's flirting with, Andy? Living up to the contract this year. I mean, he's got Which 29 home runs. He's got the average up to 275, 85 ribeyes. He's seeing pitches well. He's he's patient, a little more patient at the plate. If you have these two guys at the top of the at the top of the lineup, setting the pace with 
Lord knows who at shortstop, who knows who at second base. Trevor Story obviously has been getting some days off. He's not playing every single day. Duvall's come in. Uh, who was it that uh, was it? Uh, Casas had to get out of the lineup on Saturday, and I think he didn't even play on Sunday because something didn't feel right as well. Obviously, there's been some ups and downs with Jaron Duran. Hopefully, he can get it going again as well. But if you have those two guys setting the tempo at the top of the lineup, they should. there's a chance that they should be, again, in all of these games or at least have enough boomsticks to be able to, to, be able to carry them as long. Um, also, you know what you need to have happen? You need to get Luis Reyes up uh, with the bases loaded again or as often as possible because the, the dude's two last swings of the bat last week both grand salamis like that is damn near impossible can it happen again i know the answer no no i mean no well could it yes will it no yes so you want to make him you know how when you're in backyard football as a kid you have a steady qb oh we had odd numbers so so and so is steady qb automatic yeah you want him to be your steady uh up with the bases loaded guy no matter where you are in the lineup kind of thing mm-hmm. that, that seems acceptable i mean we'll run so, that up the pole to, at this point now considering what you've you know you've been getting out of the uh, uh you know insert everybody the hernandez is the reyes is the uh god who has played shortstop this year Hernandez, you know um now story back in arias has a 258 batting average eight hits Two home runs, nine ribeyes, and four runs scored in 10 games with the Red Sox in his career. That's not bad. Again, it's these little dumpster diving picks that Bloom grabs every now and again where someone is just absolute trash elsewhere. Then they come to Boston, and all of a sudden, they play better again and start living up to their previous reputation. And then it's like, yeah, see, I found another one of those guys. Huh? You got, yeah, the Bluminati will rise again. Screw them. <laughs> all i say screw them give me some give me some give me some real talent maybe the red sox will pursue that real talent in the offseason because the angels are also cooked they're five games behind the red sox at this point 61 and 64 can't believe they went all in the way that they did in their wild card pursuits and now they're gonna lose everyone we said it at the time it was admirable it was honorable and it was going to bite them in the ass like it was so predictable how this was going to play out they did What in a fan's eyes is the right thing, or in many fans' eyes, like the present, let's go for it, let's do this, don't get, and it's going to bite them in the ass over the long term. And that's unfortunate because my guess is people like Heim Bloom and others will always point to, yeah, you remember that year the Angels did it? Is that what you want us to do? Is that what you want us to do? Do what the Angels did that year? No, no, no. I, yeah, I kind of do. Like, be aggressive, go for it, trust yourself, make Mm -hmm. the right moves. But, yeah, this is a worst-case scenario for Angels fans because you're not going to make the playoffs and you're not going to have the greatest player in baseball history. Um, I, I just want to announce... The, and you're not uh, going to have prospects as well because you got rid of those. Because you, you got rid of those when you could have stocked up on all of them as well. Someone gave you an opportunity to reset your entire organization. You're like, no, we're just going to go for it. And now they are a mess. Um, and listen to, listen to this, too. Otani hit a grand slam. The team turned to triple play, and the Angels still found a way to lose in extra innings the other night, uh, as Whistle Sports called it, one of those tungsten arm O'Doyle games. Oh, you hate to see it. I'll leave you with this, Andy. Your pitching matchups for Red Sox-Astros. Once again, I'm not sure if you heard this, Andy, or if I mentioned it in the previous portion of today's podcast. It's a pivotal series for the Red Sox. Pivotal. 
It's pivotal. Pivotal. Their season is hingent. That word I'm making <laughs> up and trying to uh, hingent upon this series. We'll see if Urban Dictionary will acknowledge it. And by the end of the football season, give you credit for that. Yeah, um, right. It is Nick Pivotal, if you will. Nick Pivetta also going five innings yesterday in relief to get the dub for the Sox. Um, your starting pitchers tonight, you've got James Paxton against Christian Javier. Technically, you should have the pitching matchup there. How about this one? Tuesday night. Tanner Houck against Justin Verlander. Get your popcorn ready. That could be huge for Houck. Wednesday evening, might I interest you in a Chris Sale Dale? Chris, Chris Sale Day, Andy. You got Chris Sale on yes. the mound against Jose Urquidy. And then Thursday in the matinee, Brian Bayo, who's been a little bit up and down over the past month. I've wondered if that pond has been a tad overfished of late against JP France, who has been money for the Astros. I There's... They should be able to split easily. Three and one would be massive for the Sox. We shall see. Stay tuned to WEI all the day parts. Listen to the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. And of course, when big news breaks the next morning, your old pals Fitzy and Hart will likely entertain you with it on Breaking Boston, where we give you a hot cup of what's going on in Boston sports to feed your soul and your rabid nonstop Boston sports super fandom. Like, review, share, subscribe, all that jazz. This pod can be found on weei.com, through the Odyssey app, and wherever awesome sports podcasts can be downloaded. For Hat, for Cooper, this is Fitzy. Go Sox. Thanks for listening to Breaking Boston. Have a great day, everybody.